Mark 2, beginning at verse 18. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. The word of the Lord. Feel me, anybody want the Lord to fill you up this morning? Come on, y'all sing that with me. Come on, let the Lord fill you up this morning. Come on, let his love fill you this morning. Let his grace fill you this morning. six-week series entitled Jesus at Work, and we know Jesus works, comes to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, and he's working to save those who are separated and lost. Last week, Elder Jermon helped us understand that Jesus works through his authority. Jesus has the authority to save those who are sinners. Jesus sat at the table with tax collectors, one to whom was despised by the Jewish culture, had dinner with them, and had talked to people who was farthest away from God. The religious community wanted to know, why was this Jesus eating with such despised people? And Jesus gave them an answer, and listen to the answer. He said, it's not the healthy who needs a doctor, but it's the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. But this week, Great City, Jesus expands on those who are sick and need a relationship with a great physician. And he wants his audience to know that you can't heal yourself from sin but by, by your religious practices, but it is through a relationship with the great physician that our sins can be healed. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for the privilege and honor to share this morning. God, you are the potter, we are the clay, mold us, shape us, make us, break us to what you need us to be. Holy Spirit, we give you full authority, minister through our minds, speak with our tongues. In Jesus' name, and God's children said, amen, amen. Amen. Verse 19 grabs our attention this morning. Jesus answered, 
how can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. For the time that's mine this morning, I just want to tag for the little while, relationship outworks religion. Relationship outworks religion. For many years in the faith, Elder Jermon, we have created a false tension that God wants relationship and not our religion. How many people have said that or even stood on that? Well, Merriam-Webster defines religion as the attitude and belief and practice. He also says it's the service and worship of God and the supernatural. It's also a commitment and a devotion to your religious observance. So when we say, I want relationship and not religion, we're actually saying I can have a relationship with God without practicing faith with God. Mm. Grace City, relationship rather than religion is a great sound bite, but it's not sound doctrine. <laughs> Jesus is practicing his religion, and he's building relationship. Jesus understood that in order for him to be effective at his work of human relationship, he needed his religious practices. What am I saying? Jesus prayed. Jesus fasted. Jesus practiced solitude. Jesus attended church. Jesus served. Jesus had religious practices. Jesus is a practicing Jew. But Jesus also understood that religion without building a relationship does not get the work of the kingdom done. What Jesus would not do is allow religious practices to keep him from being in relationship with anyone who is in need of a savior. Hmm. His work assignment was to save those who are lost and to be in relationship with those who are fathers out. He understood that his work assignment, which is to bring the kingdom of God here on earth and to save those who are lost. Grace City, Jesus didn't throw away religion. <laughs> Jesus said, a relationship must outwork your religion. When Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well, his religious practice said they should not have contact, but a relationship outworked religion, and the woman received at the well received a thirst that she would a water that she would never thirst again. Jesus' religious practice said, You don't touch a person with leprosy, but his relationship outworked his religion, and a woman reached, and they reached out and touched this man, and that man was clean. There was a tax collector sitting in the booth, and his religion, religion said, you do not affiliate with tax collectors. But the relationship outworked the religion, 
and Jesus sat at the table with the tax collector, and that tax collector became an apostle. Good God Almighty, I'm talking about re relationship outworking your religion. A woman had an issue for blood for 12 years. Her religious practices said you don't touch a woman, but relationship outworked religion, and the woman reached out and touched Jesus, and she was made whole. Grace City, I've been sent by here to tell you this morning that let your relationship outwork your religion. Grace City, when your relationship outworks your religion, when your relationship outworks your religion, it will work the it will outwork the worship of religious superiority. When your relationship outworks religion, it will, it will outwork the, the worship of racial superiority. When your worship, and when you, it will outwork economic superiority. Then your relationship outworks your religion. You will see your relationship stronger than your religious practices. Jesus says, that your relationship must outwork your religion. He's not throwing away the religion, but he's saying it's gotta outwork it. Well, this is where we are in the text this morning. Jesus is showing and putting on display relationship outworking religion. Last week, we find Jesus sitting at a table of one of the most despised people in, in Jewish community. We find him at a table with tax collectors. And we find in this, this story last week and the story this week, Jesus being questioned, is his religious, is he religious enough? The question this week, is Jesus religious enough? Jesus looks at the heart behind the matter. He looks at the spirit behind the question. And the heart of the matter is that people fail to understand that religious practices are good in their appropriate place, but our religious practices does not replace the need to be in relationship with a savior. What Jesus is teaching this morning is that you can have a religious practice and still not have a relationship with the one that can heal and your sickness and to change the sickness of sin. Great city, Jesus is not throwing away religion but he's saying that a relationship ought to outwork your religion. The text says John's disciples were fasting and praying. And the some of the people asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but you are not? How is it that we are practicing our religion, Jesus, and you are not? How is it that we're going about our religious customs, Jesus, but you are not. How, how is it that we're praying and we're fasting and we're doing all the things we're supposed to do, Jesus? But you are not. You and your disciples are not. Jesus is not teaching religious practices are not important. Jesus is not teaching that prayer is not a necessity. Jesus is not teaching that fasting is not an important element to our religious life. Jesus is not teaching that solitude and reflection doesn't have a value. Jesus is not teaching that going and attending church on a regular basis is not important. Jesus is not teaching that serving is not important. Jesus is not teaching that coming together in fellowship with one another 
is not important. Jesus says this weekend, his answer to the question is that relationship must outwork religion. That's the answer. So how does relationship uh, outworks religion? And he lifts up three things that I think is important for us to look at this morning. First of all, he lifts up a relational pursuit. I see a relational pursuit. Here it is in the text. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of Pharisees are fasting, but you are not? Again, the question. The Pharisees, as well as John's disciples, approached Jesus because fasting was an important value to the Pharisees. They fasted twice a week, Monday and Thursday, especially when there was dry seasons. This was something that wasn't required. You only supposed to fast once, one time, really one time a year, but they, they would fast twice a week. They were on top of it. They wanted to overachieve. They twice, Monday and Thursday, huh, they fast. The danger is this, is that you, you can think, your, the, the thing is you can your practice religion you can practice your religion and lose sight of the most important thing, which is the relationship with Jesus. <laughs> Watch this. They are fasting twice a week, Nicole. The purpose for fasting, watch this, is so that those who want to repent or something that's wrong and need to turn back to God would do that on a more often basis. Y'all missed it. They're coming to Jesus in Jesus' face, asking him, why aren't you fasting? I think, Bob, John had a conversation and said, isn't this the son that I am well pleased that he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And my question for the disciples, where were you when John was teaching that? He told them that he was the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And you spend in two days when Jesus is in your presence, fasting and praying about the forgiveness because you can be in your religious practice and not have a relationship and understand the one who is the forgiver. They are fasting in the face of Jesus, telling Jesus, why aren't your disciples repenting? Good God. See, they are on a religious pursuit, but I'm so glad Jesus is on a relational pursuit <laughs> ah, because he uses their religious pursuit to connect him with his relational pursuit, and now they are in the face of the Savior asking him the question. Y'all don't know when to shout. I got to get a Baptist church around here. Yes, sir. They are in the face of the Savior now. Because, the, and it's interesting, church, that they call them 
John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples. What the text does not say is they are Jesus' disciples. And now he has a moment where now they're in the face of Jesus. Jesus uses their religious pursuit to connect his relational pursuit. Somebody say amen. Not only, listen, listen, church, and we got to be careful because here we understand something about the Pharisees is that they would do this practice because they wanted to be seen. They would pray out in public. They would give out in public and they would fast out in public because they thought that their that when they did this in public, it made them more religious and respected as a religious community. But let me put a quarter in the meter. After 25 years of ministry, you can be a public wonder and a private failure. <laughs> These disciples are public wonders but missing a relationship of the one that saves. And this is why Jesus has a message on the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew 6 and says this word. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love praying and standing in the synagogues on the street corners being seen. But truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into the room in the closet door, pray for to your father who's unseen. Jesus is addressing this very thing, church. That they want to be a public wonder, but they are private disaster. And not only that, watch this, don't miss this. I'm almost there. That's a good point here. He goes on and he, and he, and he pushes this because Isaiah actually addresses this. Isaiah 58, he addresses this in a major way. Isaiah, think, you know, Isaiah says, listen, listen, listen. This fasting that you all are having your mind of making yourself worthy, he says, uh-uh, I want you to fast. But he said, this is the fasting I'm talking about. See, you fast and you go argue with each other. You fast and debating with each other. You all fast and seeing who's the greatest among us. But he says, when you fast, this is what it is. He says, is it not the kind of fasting I've chosen to lose chains of injustice? <laughs> the kind of fast I'm talking about unties the cords and yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, not to provide poor wandering with shelter? When you see the naked, you close them and not turn away from your own and turn away from your own flesh and blood. Listen, church, listen, Isaiah 51. Y'all know y'all ain't never seen that before. Get it, get it, get it. Listen, what he's saying is relationship outworks religion. Hallelujah. There's a relational pursuit, church. There's a relational pursuit. But not only is there a relational pursuit, I see a relational problem. Jesus begins to address a relational problem. This is when the other pastor does the preaching series and he's not kind to you and you got to really do some work, y'all. So he was very unkind to me with this text right here. 
So Jesus, here it is, verse 19, Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot so long as they have with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will take them from them, and the day they will fast. Again, the Pharisees, uh, the Pharisees and John's disciples, they, have, they are classified as John and the Pharisees, John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples, and they go to Jesus and ask, why aren't you fasting? Jesus answers the question now with this kind of parable here, this analogy. And the analogy is lifting up a relational problem. He answers the question, aren't you fat? He said, aren't you fasting? He said, why aren't you fasting? He says, how can the guests of a bride fast when the bridegroom is with them? He, 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 he said, how? In other words, let, let, me, let me see if I can work this. Let me see if I can work this. Because the Bible is unkind to me when he gave me this to preach on. Okay. Let me see if I can break this down. He goes and makes a ridiculous statement to make the point to show how ridiculous they are for asking him about fasting. He says, would a bridegroom invite 300 people to go and eat, celebrate, and drink? Would he invite 300 people, pay for the meal, all the money, is, everything is paid for, and all the guests say they're they not eating today? All the guests say we fasting. Jesus says to them, when you ask me that question, that's how ridiculous that is. What Jesus is teaching us about our religious practices, there is appropriateness and inappropriateness for our religious practices. He's saying to them that the bridegroom is here and you are fasting. He says, watch this, y'all. I'm not going to be here long. Why are you trying to earn your way in do this religious practice when you have the one that saves, the one that heals, the one that sets you free in your presence. He says, that's a problem. And he shifts them. And he moves them. Ray City, I want you to understand something and a very important point in this passage this morning is that Jesus wants us to understand there's a time and season for everything. Jesus, there's, there's a time and season for us to fast. He's not throwing away our practices. But every now and then, church, you ain't going to have time to pray. We got to work. There's times and seasons in our lives where you're not going to have time to fast, but you got to be ready to work. Grace City, I want you to understand he's not throwing away the religious practice. But he says, let your relationship outwork the practice. I know I'm right, because even when it gets down in Paul's writing, he actually uses the religious practice. He says, listen, if you want them Gentile community to follow you, he said, listen, go ahead and get circumcised. 
He tells Timothy to get circumcised. He just told him before, circumcision has nothing to do with salvation. But he said they wouldn't even connect with you if you weren't circumcised. He said, see, you got to know when to use. It's not something to put us in bondage to. It's not something to grip us with. But we have to know, and I love this point that Jesus makes here. There's an appropriate and inappropriate time for our religious practices. All right? Amen. Y'all all right? Jeez, Bob made me, I like to preach it. Bob got me teaching this morning. Lord, have When relational, relationship outworks religion, you find relational pursuit. <laughs> relational, you have a relational problem. But here it is, last point here. There's a relational parable, church. There's a relational parable. This is really unkind. Here, listen to this, y'all. No one sews a patch of unshrink clothes on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wineskin into old wineskin. Nicole, you said that like you knew what that meant. It took me about three hours on that one. It is three <laughs> It is through relational parable that Jesus teaches that relationship outworks religion. He says, trying to perform and make yourself right is the old practice and old garment. He says, the old garment tries to save through religious practices and try to be good enough. Jesus says, if you try to attach God's new way with the old way, then you are just pouring out, leaking out, wasting. He says, the wine will burst in the skin and both the wine and wine skin will be ruined. Jesus says, you, there's nothing in and of yourself. No work, no religious practices that can save you. So when you try that, he says, you are wasting away good wine. Good wine. He said, don't put the old way into the new way. Jesus didn't come to patch the systems of work. Jesus came to replace it. He says, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. Jesus is telling the people that this is not real religion but it's your relationship with Jesus that must outwork your religion. He's trying to be good through, they're trying to be good through their religious practices. They're trying to have a relationship with Jesus. It's like putting a new garment in old material and trying to get, pour something in it and think it's going to stretch strong enough to wait, keep it in there. He says, it's not going to work. Great City, you need new garments with new material that hold the weight and the burden of life. It is not how powerful you pray, fast, go to church, serve, but it's the power of the one that takes our sins on an old rugged cross so that you and I could live. It is the relationship that works the religion. Relationship outworks religion. Well, how do you know that relationship outworks religion? Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. How do you know relationship outworks? The songwriter put it this way. I'm out of here. Come on, worship. When I was sinking <laughs> deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea. All right, come on, y'all Methodists. He heard my despairing cry. From the water, he lifted me. Now, safe am I. You want to know where I got that from? It was his love that lifted me. His love that lifted me when nobody else could help. His love lifted me. How do you know, Corey, that relationship outworks religion? For I am persuaded <laughs> that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor things present, nor things to come, nothing shall separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad that relationship outworked my religion. Great City, relationship outworks religion because the relational problem, there's a relational pursuit. And Jesus gives us a relational parable that says he is the one that is the new wineskin, the new way that all you have to 